Blog Talk Radio. again to Madam Perry Salon, the podcast that loves you. I'm your host, your groove mistress, uh, cruise director and spiritual advisor, Madam Perry, but you can call me Jen, Jennifer, JP, Miss Perry, Madam. I'm just happy to have you here. And thanks to all my new subscribers um, lately, and I guess this is because I haven't been out much lately, but a few times I've gotten out, like to go to the, uh, maybe to uh eye doctor or to uh, go to the grocery store. I have people stopping me or even at the Starbucks and Chick-fil-A or something in the line saying that they're listening to the podcast now. Of course, I've been taking in my swag, my little lightsabers, Madam Perry Salon lightsabers and stuff. And um, they've been checking it out and saying how much they like the shows uh, they like and that they're subscribing. So thank you. Thank you all, especially um, people my audience, you, you all have such a wide and varied um, uh, interest or event horizon, and you you just continually amaze and delight me. Uh, we had, who else, who have we had on recently that everybody liked? Dave Cos, saxophonist Dave Cos, uh, because he has a brand new CD called A New Day. And he and the fellow players, who are all all-stars, wanted it to, to, to be kind of a, a hug, a musical hug for people getting through this year. And so we had Dave Cause. We also had, and this is also a favorite guest, Arden Marine. And uh, you may know Arden Marine from Mad TV, from different TV shows she's been on. Uh, She's on the show Insatiable on Netflix. If you watch that, she plays the hilarious Regina Sinclair, and she has a new book called Little Miss Little Compton because she grew up in Little Compton, Rhode Island. But Arden Marine, uh, definitely a popular guest. And wasn't she fun to have on here? I mean, she was just an absolute delight. And who else? Uh, gosh, Mar- uh, Marquis Michael DeBar um, and his documentary, Who Do You Want Me to Be? And of course, you can hear him every morning a weekday morning on Little Stevens Underground on Sirius XM. It's just, I've just been so lucky. Comedian Mike Kaplan was on here, and his CD, his newest one, or his latest one, a.k.a. Mike Kaplan, has been nominated for a Grammy. So we're we're thinking of you. We're pulling for you, Mike Kaplan. And he does a lot of also podcasts and live things on Instagram if you follow him. So thank you so much for that, for following him, and... I'm just the luckiest gal in the world is what I am because you all listen, you give, you follow, you give me suggestions, you uh, leave reviews, and again, I am just so grateful. And it continues, my brothers and sisters. You know, the last couple of years, I have been to, or the last, well, this year and the last, and the two before, I was lucky to go to Tucson, Arizona every March for Wild Wild West Con in old Tucson, the steampunk 
intervention with a Western twist. And um, <laughs> that's Fiona trying to get there. And so um, I guess tonight, I think it's from Arizona, not Tucson, but she's from Arizona, I think more like Glendale. And she's in Nashville now. This woman is amazing. And she's not only super talented and absolutely gorgeous. She is just, she's just brilliant. And she's got a career that is just going hot right now. And I would love to introduce you at this moment to Southwestern Troubadour, Sherry Rose. Sherry, welcome to Madam Perry Salon. Well, hello there. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I just love learning more about your audience and your fan base and the show in general. Things are taking off for you. I love it. So thanks for having me on. Oh, oh well, you're quite welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I, I find that uh, sometimes my audience teaches me all the time because if, if I have a guest that they aren't familiar with, They'll go buy the book, the music, get the information, and come in and then know more than I do about it, uh, which is hard. But I was like, yeah, these people, I I don't know. It's a smart audience. I don't know how I got so smart. I'm very creative. And so, yeah, I was just saying, I really have come to love Arizona in the last few years. I mean, it must have been a fabulous place to grow up. It really has been. You know, I, this is, you know, Arizona is my home. As you mentioned, I'm back and forth to Nashville quite a bit. And, well, pre-COVID days, traveling quite a bit all over the country and different parts of the world. But there is something so unique and so special about this part of the country, the big sky. And it truly is the Wild West and, uh, gosh, the mountains. And there's desert and forests. And, you know, I've grown up outdoors more than indoors for sure. But, yeah, it is such a beautiful place. I'm, I'm glad you've been able to visit. Well, you know, you probably know what Old Town Tucson is. Mm-hmm, it's- absolutely, yeah. We've got Tombstone down there, and there's so much to see. There's so much history. You know, we're a, we're a young state, relatively speaking, but uh, the history of the West is, is very exciting and, and very rich in culture. The first time I was invited to Wild Wild Westcon to give a present, well, I go there every year. I do a presentation, but it's you know it's mostly steampunk. But it's in that old town Tucson that, as most people, as you know, and most people, it's uh, um, it's it's where a lot of TV shows and Western uh, films were made way back in the day. And now it's a tourist attraction. And uh, are you familiar with steampunk? A little bit, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine all the steampunk and western oh, clothes yeah. mix. <laughs> and, and, and I tell my husband, because it's a little western town, we don't look out of place. And he just goes, no, just, keep t- just keep telling yourself that. <laughs> That's great. I love it. That's creative types. We tend to stand out a little bit here, but I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> and, it, and of course, when we're there, all the other people can still come in and out. So some people say, oh, yeah, well, yeah. it's this time every year just to see your costumes. Um, and of course, yeah. this year, it was in, it's always in March. And this year, we left on a Sunday, turned our clocks forward one hour, and went into the twilight zone. Because by the time everybody got home, they were locked down, <laughs> which is for you. <laughs> Um, for you, it's even more amazing because one of our, our uh, bands there was from Italy, and they said they got home, everything is locked down. And uh, Sherry Rowe, you're a woman that's traveled. I mean, you've got fans, and you're doing concerts worldwide and, and with name artists. Um, you've been to, what, to Poland twice? Yep, toured Poland and Germany, uh, Scotland. Um, yeah, we've had... It's been such a pleasure just to experience uh, 
other cultures. I, I, that's one of my favorite things about traveling and playing shows and getting to meet fans in, you know, different corners of the world. And uh, in some cultures in Poland, you know, we were really introducing them to country music and they loved it. You know, we were in at little towns, big festivals, you name it. But uh, it's, we've always been received with such a warm welcome and uh, I do miss it. So, you know, hopefully the world will get back to quote unquote normal and we'll be able to get out there and see everybody again. <laughs> well, we're all now ready to play again. Yeah. I remember oh, there was a, a morning TV show that I watched you on and where you were saying that, you know, some, some, uh, the genre of country music is, is still new to some people in Poland or they're just getting really into it. And so what an ambassador to have you there. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. And we've been to, you know, we played in schools over there. We played, uh, like I said, festivals, but we even played, you know, special uh, royal balls with, you know, uh, city leaders and mayors and um, different leaders in the church over there. And so they really did roll out the red carpet. They love music. Uh, My grandparents actually were born and raised in Poland. So it was very cool for me to be able to go back and kind of, connect on that level with my culture. I didn't know my grandparents, but I was raised with a lot of Polish culture and Polish food. And um, so I, it, we didn't end up going there because of that connection. It was just one of those things that fell into place and was very fitting for me. And I, so I was just uh, on cloud nine, you know, because we still make pierogi and, and all of that stuff <laughs> in our family. But to actually, you know, go it see, you know, see a sign on the corner pierogi and a coke you know you can just it's like it's like we get fries and a coke you know it's like it was just such a such a part of my culture growing up so it was cool to to connect with it firsthand <laughs> that's fantastic you know <laughs> you know i i see a tv movie in this you know or like going somebody you know yeah. american girl goes uh career makes big and talent and then goes right. back and, and learns about her roots and then of course you yes. introduce them to something uh, i see i see a I see oh, yeah. hallmark hallmark gotta get i like call. where you're going with it i'm on board i'll do it <laughs> oh that's awesome well, I don't know. I used to do some uh, a lot of PR work for HBR, HBO documentaries, so you know we'll we'll see who we can send this to. Okay, <laughs> uh, I love it. <laughs> so you, when did you start uh, playing? I mean, I've heard you talk about you know starting you know very young when you started. To, to, you knew you were going to write songs and sing and. Yeah, yeah. I I don't remember a time when music didn't give me that feeling where it was just something that was in me and I needed to do. And so even before I was doing it professionally, I remember being a kid and writing songs about, gosh, when I was really young, just coming out and showing my mom, I wrote a song about, you know, stuff in my room, you know, just like thinking it was the coolest thing, right? And then I remember, you know, hopping on horseback at my brother's house and just taking off, even by myself, and just like following the riverbed or just going through the neighborhoods. And I remember distinctly the feeling of, you know, you could smell the orange blossoms and the alfalfa fields and just that smell of the desert as the sun is starting to set. And I just remember hearing the hooves and I would write songs just by myself, you know, and I, I was like, you know, 12, 13. And um, I just have such vivid memories of that harmonizing with my family while we're camping. And um, everything has always been a song. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly, we still are around the house just writing silly songs and singing to our dogs and just, you know, everything <laughs> is musical. So 
for me to be able to do this professionally, it's just such a blessing. I mean, it's just who I am. It's who we are as a family. And um, I can't imagine not doing it. You know, it's just who we are. Well, yeah, lucky for us, <laughs> you can't, because I, I love your music, I love your style, I love your songwriting, and just as you, the things you were talking about just now, like the the horse and the smell of the orange blossom, everything, I thought, oh my God, you're, you make us feel it when you talk about it, like you do when Aww. you uh, sing and when you write about it, and so <sighs> I think I think you knew where, where you were supposed to be in life early, and oh. That's what I love. And you've played with a lot of uh, cool people. I had picked, I was trying to post a picture of you on Instagram with uh, Reba McIntyre, but it, it just refused mm. to work. And oh, man. Like, Don't you love when that happens? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Winona does. What a great, well, it's been great meeting any of these people that I've been privileged to share the stage with. But um, gosh, when you talk about queens like Reba and Winona and you know, the, and the thing that has been true across the board with everyone that we've um, shared the stage with, everyone has been so kind. And I can say that it truly has felt like when you meet them, like you've known them forever. And I think the country community in particular is very much a family. Um, everyone's cheering each other on. And so I've had nothing but support and encouragement from, from these people who I've looked up to for so long. You know, that's interesting because I, I was had um, – well, there was another singer from Nashville on here recently, uh, Wendy Moten. And, mm-hmm. and we were talking about how, you know, country fans are fans for life. They don't just love you while you've got something on the charts. They love you always. Exactly. That is they the truth. Are, that is the they, truth, yeah. Uh, a friend of mine was talking about how – and uh, he saw uh, – not long ago, he saw the gin blossoms um, a few years ago in Chicago where he lives and said that he couldn't believe that the radio guy that announced him said, oh, man, I used to love this band. Like, well, what an intro. <laughs> what a rotten intro. You know, I, just, I used yeah, to love this band. That's very interesting. <laughs> because, yeah, that you know, be, yeah, that wouldn't be the best way to get introduced. That wouldn't necessarily pump you up for the set. <laughs> No, and I just thought I just can't imagine having to think. You know, country artists—they love you forever. It's not they used to. It's I love this band. I love this yeah. band. Yeah, I love these people. It's well, true. And go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and they—they they definitely connect um, even beyond the music. They care about you know what's going on in your life, and you know I think likewise. I try to stay connected with them and find out even through the pandemic, you know, just how everybody's doing, connecting with live streams, and they're just with you. If you're going through a hard time, they're, you know, saying, I'm thinking about you, I'm praying for you, so they're they're loyal, you know, even beyond the music. Ah, oh, that's, you, 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 there's no substitute for that. There's nothing better than that. Well, let's right. talk about your band, because I've seen you with, you know, little small versions, like just a couple of musicians. I've seen the whole band, and you, you've got a guitar player who really looks good, like he's just with you for life. Oh, man. Alan Wells, you're talking about the um, electric, the lead player? Yeah. Alan is, uh, he is a musician's musician. We've got great guys in the band. Um, we've, Alan's been playing with us for a while and I say us cause my husband plays bass in the band. And so we, we met, uh, wanting to put a band together. And so we've always been able to travel with one another. And so you'll hear me say us and we all the time, cause I can't imagine it just being, you know, my thing and having to say goodbye to him when I, when I do go out on the road. But, 
Um, but yeah, we're really blessed. Our our band is a family for sure. And um, Alan is an amazing guitar player. He's he's played in several different genres. He he played uh, metal lead stuff for years before he <laughs> learned all the country riffs and. I'm telling you, country riffs are unique. You know, when you talk about the Brad Paisley style playing and, yeah. you know, those runs and that style, that's a very, it's, it's different. It's fast moving, like some of the, you know, the rock stuff, but learning that country element is um, very unique. So Alan has put his time in and mastered a lot of that. So he's, you know, he's, val- he's a valuable part of the team for sure. I'm not a musician, but it would seem to me that if people have a lot of experience in different styles of music, that would only just up their value and their um, flexibility. Yeah, I think so. I think you're absolutely right. You know, I think if you if you really understand how music works and you've played different styles and you understand all the different aspects of it, it just I think it makes you more melodic, more colorful. You you have a very large inventory of uh, things to draw from. So it's going to make your expression of that language that much richer. Now, yeah, let's talk about, too, your your husband's in the band with you. Um, how long has he been playing with you? And I oh, gosh, I, you know, yeah, he, we met wanting to put a band together. So uh, we always had aspirations and dreams of playing on the road and and traveling and seeing the world together. We always said, even like in the beginning, when things, you know, didn't really pay and you're just like, you're trying to find your place. And if anything, we were, we were seeing all these places together and we weren't having, having to say goodbye to one another. And um, it's been amazing. He's an incredible, just an amazing bass player. So he is a musician in his own right and just as valuable as any of the other guys in the band. But of course, us being able to have the close relationship that we have, we have, you know, he's just fantastic. My, my life wouldn't be what it is, you know, without him and with what, without what we have together. So I just love him. (laughs) (laughs) Now I I can say the one thing I do know is that now my husband uh, has always played, he's always been in bands, always picked a lot. And then when I started a jazz band, I did like more jazz and Latin stuff. Um, yeah, he played guitar for me, and right. you know we've done duo trios and we've done the full band. But I was telling somebody once I said, "You, um, who was it? I don't, I don't know. It might have been, um, I don't know, an, an, another, um, actually a band manager." And I said, "You know, there are times when I've driven home and on the way home, that's my last gig. That's my last gig with him. I'm, I don't say it out loud, <laughs> but we're in the same truck, right. but." No more, you know. And then oh, other times, and, and then other times, it's like, ah, oh, you know, it's so good. There are times when he would say things like, especially if we had like a gig where we're smaller, like just a duo or just me, him, and a bass. Mm-hmm. He would mm-hmm. say, um, what was it? He would say. If I could just have a USB cable between your head and mine, in case I want to change up the uh, arrangement or something. Go, oh, honey, that, that would, you know, that would be swell. It really would. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. I know. We'll it's like, to... I mean, I, yeah, I think, you know, regardless of who you are, I mean, it's not normal to not, I mean, Kevin and I have our moments. I mean, we, we're married, you know, we, we get along great, but I mean, you know, we're human beings. So, but we've managed to get along really well on the road. So, I mean, I, I, I have to say I can't imagine um, playing these shows without him because I just know 
we've made so many memories and we, we do, we can like finish each other's sentences at this point. And so we're planning everything and dreaming, you know, about everything together. Well, you, yeah. And, and, and I, I just think, uh, you know, it shows. Sometimes you can just look at people on stage, and you can just feel. They don't have to be next to each other, but you can just see or feel the electricity through them. And I think yeah. it's great too to have somebody that close to you as support, or somebody just to. Uh, sometimes somebody just knows you that well and loves you that much with yes. you. Yes. Yes. All the time. Absolutely. Tell me about the what is the Red Note Foundation. Oh, Red Note is one of the organizations that I am able to kind of, I'm able to shine a light really on what they do. I, I, Kevin and I have always said, my husband Kevin and I have always determined that this would be more than entertainment. If we were going to have a platform that was going to um, have a voice and speak to a large group of people, that we, we wanted it to mean more than just a show, something that would go on when we're done, you know, and we leave that town or um, leave that uh, that project behind. And Red Note is one of those organizations. And really, their their story is especially beautiful because their organization and their purpose was birthed out of um, really a tragedy. Uh, one of the um, daughters in the family was killed tragically in a motorcycle accident. She was uh, riding with she and her dad had their uh, motorcycles and she had just gotten her license and they, they had been, they started touring together, you know, on, on rides and um, they were very close and she was a musician and he is a conductor and a musician and a choir director and the whole family is very musical. Um, And they have, you know, other siblings. And when, when, when Kristen passed away, um, they really, you know, we, they realized people were coming out of the woodwork from all over, you know, whether it was school, people she went to school with, just, you know, different people in the community just saying what a light she was. And she used her music to um, really find purpose and connect with people on a level that went above and beyond. And they really wanted to keep her memory alive and do something that would uh, continue her legacy. And Red Note Foundation provides uh, lesson opportunities for kids to learn how to play an instrument, to find out if maybe music is their thing. Because we know in a regular school situation, so often uh, music programs are cut for budget reasons. And um, for whatever reason, sometimes kids don't get those opportunities. So Red Note steps in and says, let's find out if this is your thing. Because for me, I mean, I look at it, and, you know, you can, I'm sure, look and see how, you know, music has been the thing for you many times. And we all have it. It's either sports or it's, um, you know, learning or teaching or, you know, whatever we just figure out that our purpose is, that's very important to know that as a child and to kind of have that place where you feel like you found your purpose in the world. So Red Note Foundation meets that need. So I, I am more than proud to stand with them and, and just really shout about what they're doing. Oh, that's magnificent. That's, um, and you know your work, uh, the, the work of the foundation is going farther than, than you'll probably ever know. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll, yeah, those are those things that go on and on and you have no idea how it's impacting someone's life. And, I mean, that's that's the beauty of uh, being able to reach beyond the entertainment, you know. Well, let me ask you too about um, uh, 
songwriting, touring, all this stuff. Like I said, I know you're not touring now. How do you reach out? Well, actually, let's talk about that. How do you reach out to your audiences now? I know a lot of people are doing Zoom and so forth, but how do you reach Mm -hmm. out to an audience when you can't just get out on the road and be right there with them? That's been tough. I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie. This has been, we all are, you know, as they say, in this together, and we're all experiencing this um, globally together, but we're also, and I've even said this to my close friends and my family, you know, each person has their own unique experience and how this is affecting them directly. So for me, I mean, you know, not touring and not being face-to-face with the crowd, that that leaves, you know, somewhat of a hole, you know, it's adjusting to that and trying to connect online, as you said, and we've done some live streams and social media, you know, good, bad, or ugly right now. It's so, it's absolutely imperative to stay connected with fans and social media has been a great resource to be able to do that. So, um, thankfully I had just left the studio at the end of uh, February, finished up tracking vocals, came back from Nashville, and literally within a couple weeks, everything was shut down here and in Nashville. And thankfully, I had just tracked a bunch of music. So for me, I have, you know, a song that I just released, one just before that. We've got a few more waiting in the wings. So I'll be able to promote music, and which is really great for me to have that. Um, But we are talking about some drive-in shows you know they've they're coming up with these new formats to kind of like a drive-in movie situation but they're bringing in full liner systems you know audio systems and led screens and you can either listen outside of your car or you can get in and tune in they're using you know, fm transmitters you can just dial it dial in and listen from your vehicle so we are speaking with larger venues about some upcoming shows to kind of get that live experience back that is so cool. You know, I heard a few months ago um, a friend that's been on the show, Chasm Sultan. He plays bass for uh, Todd Rundgren and people like that. And he nice. started yeah. doing it in Long, Long Island. Yeah, you know, uh, up in Long Island. Oh, not Long Island. He's Staten Island, you know, doing things at a, a theater out there like that on the stage for a drive-in. And then mm-hmm. I hear other people doing it. And that's really taken off. And I thought, you know, hey. This is one thing I love about people. I just call it American ingenuity. When all else fails, yeah. go old school and make it work. But right. it's like we never say we yeah. never say no. We just find another right. way. <laughs> yeah, you know that's the truth. That's the truth. We have to find a way to connect with people, and so many of us are, you know, not just those of us who are itching to get back out there and play the shows, but that concert experience. That's a community. That's a there's a feeling that that people are really missing from, you know, people are connected to music. They're connected to the live experience and it brings, oh gosh, it just, it eases the stress of life. It just, it brings healing. It brings just a sense of connection that so many people are just, they can't wait to to experience it, even if it's just a little bit different. Um, I'm going to play, I've got a little message right now to play and then we come back and we're going to talk more about, uh, your songs and songwriting, and uh, back with more of Sherry Rowe. I mean, the world has gone crazy, right? I mean, this whole pandemic, I, I, I don't even know if I'm coming or going anymore. You know what I mean? But the one thing during the pandemic that I found out, right, that was a good thing, was the Madame Paris Salon. I made this podcast, right? 
when you hear her laughing, all you want to do is laugh. Eh? When her dog's barking in the background and she's talking to the dog, I'm like, she's going to an interview. And I'm like, this podcast is the best podcast I've ever heard before. You know what I mean? Okay, it may not really be the best you've ever heard, but I just want you to make sure that I know that the dogs are barking in the background. So, <laughs> I love it. I once I once had a, a guy on who was a true crime writer, and he's on investigation, discovery, challenge stuff. And he heard me push one of them out the door, and she barked, and he just went on and on. He wouldn't go any further until he knew that I had not injured a dog, until I could convince him. That's amazing. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've heard a dog. You know, it's like, what does he think? I'm, I'm broadcasting from Michael Vick's house because I'm from Atlanta. I oh. know there is no dog being injured here. Okay, <laughs> don't yeah, no dogs were hurt in the yeah in the creating of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so talk about uh, the, the songs. Okay, I tell you what I like from our road songs. I love. Let me get on here the page so I can show. Um, take that shot. Aw, thank you. That's take that shot. Was, yeah, that song's so fun. I love it. Yeah, it's that's the first song that we released to the country radio charts. So that that'll always you know elicit that reaction from me because it just I don't know. It just makes me feel warm. Like it's just a, it's like a good memory that song. And it's uh, yeah, it does. It just feels like something like you. It's it's new and fresh, but it feels like somebody you, you, you something you know. It feels comfortable. Aww. How do you do that? How do you're the right? How do you do that? You know, it's gosh. I wish I had a black and white answer for that. It's um, it's there are there are basic formulas that you know you follow when you learn about songwriting, but then there's an intangible element and. I look back, and when we wrote that song, it was, well, it was myself with Tom Maxwell and Willie Morrison, two exceptionally talented songwriters and artists in their own right, and I had met them for the first time, and I had started, I was going back and forth to Nashville more and more, and my PR team set me up on, um, like, very often when I'm out there, like, you have time for a couple co-writes, you know, there's a couple people who, you know, want to write with you, or we want to set you up with them, and so I met these guys that day and I learned very quickly, you know, the national style of co-write, you know, you go in and even if you don't know the person very well, you know, you're there to just get creative and, and bring your best to the table. So, you know, you get to know somebody pretty quick and you just, you set aside any kind of icebreakers that are needed, so to speak, and you just start talking and you start throwing out ideas and, um, that experience was one of the first that I had had where I kind of dove in with people that I had just met. So they were so kind and we hashed out this idea. Willie came to the table first and he said, you know, I have this little thing I've been thinking of. And um, then the idea just developed and over like, I would say five, six hours, maybe I still have the recording on my phone of when we ran through it at the end of the co-write, you know, just guitar and vocals. And we're kind of laughing because it just had a great energy to start with um, in its rawest form that day in the co-write. We knew that it just had, it had an energy to it that was, you know, it's all about taking chances, that song. It's about having a plan and plans are great and, you know, we need them and it's good to stick to them. 
But when you know in your gut that something is right, and in the case of the song, it's it's a love story. So this girl meets this guy, and she knows it's right, but he doesn't quite fit into her plan. But then she realizes, you know, I, I got to just go for it. So that's really, you know, the, and then from there, you know, go, you go into the studio, and these amazingly talented players come in, and Jamie at Ruckus Room in Nashville producing and engineering, and that piano in that song, uh, you know, Jimmy Nichols plays piano on that. And we knew as soon as he came up with that part, Jamie looked at me and he's like, this is, this is the direction we need to take this, you know, um, it all comes to life in the studio. So it really takes a village. I always say that you could write something that has a ton of potential and the, the skeleton is there and the basics are there and you feel like you got something great. But by the time people, by the time that, you know, your fans are listening to it, um, it's been through such a creative process with um, some amazing minds. So I'm very grateful for that. What's it like working with the band to come up with the um, arrangements for you when you, when you get ready to go, do shows and perform? Oh, I love that part. So we'll take... So whether it's like if we're in the studio and I'm tracking with guys out in Nashville and the creative process happens there, then we take the song and we're bringing it out to the audience live. Things are, you know, sometimes we try to get as close as we can to that, that original recording, but more often than not, we're making it our own for that live performance. We're creating space for, you know, Alan to just take off on lead for a bit or, you know, when we had, Stephen Bowman on fiddle. We just create these moments in the live show that I think all of us love so much when something a little bit unexpected happens or a little different than the recording. And um, we really love to just have everything breathe. Um, it's very, very popular, very common to add recorded tracks in when you're doing live shows. Um, but we've always really just loved the organic nature of just all of us playing, so we've been, we've never added in any tracks, so that gives us the ability to change things on the fly too. So we're now we're not locked into something that's being played along with the band. So um, we're not locked into an arrangement. So when we're preparing, you know, we'll we'll play we'll do it a little different than probably what it, how it was recorded, but then that could change. You know, it could become longer, shorter. We could repeat stuff. We've you know, gone into other songs and changed, you know, things on the fly. And I think that's, you know, when you have really great players and you've known each other for a long time, you can do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. I, um, and that, and that difference, the little difference you make in the arrangements for live shows, that's just like giving the audience a, a bonus. You know, yeah, that. yeah, I think so. I think it's fun. Yeah, yeah, because you're saying, hey, you could have done anything tonight. You could have stayed home and just listened to the CD, but you came out of here, so right. we're gonna give you a bonus on that. You know, here's your, right. here's your extra, your gift with purchase there. Yes, so, uh, exactly. Yep. And I was just asking for advice in case too, really in a sneaky way, because when um, if I ever start doing that again, I know there were times when, uh, and I was lucky to have the whole band that was much better than me. I couldn't afford for anyone but me to be the weak link. And <laughs> I know there were times when, especially like if we were playing some event, they was just sort of like take off on their own, having such fun if the audience had a good energy. Like there was a martinis and IMAX night at a natural history museum we did. And yeah, they got a big audience, about 11, 1,200 people. Yeah, And I said, sometimes, you know, when they take off like that, just everybody going around, I felt like the headmistress at a school for 
very gifted but very mischievous musicians. <laughs> I love that. I love that analogy so much because, I mean, <laughs> I've always been around, you know, mostly guys in the band. You know, it's like Kevin and the guys, they're my brothers, and then Kevin, and it's just been I, I know exactly what you're talking about because um, they're they're crazy. We're all crazy, and I wouldn't have it any other way. But watching exactly. them just kind of everybody in their element, I'm always just so proud of them. And just uh, I love when the audience is, you know, giving them the affirmation that they deserve. And it's just such a beautiful exchange. And so I can't wait to get back at that. It's um, It's such a joy for me to just see everybody using their gifts and having fun. Just miss it, you know. And you will be coming to Atlanta, I hope. Oh, I would, yeah, absolutely. I would love to. In fact, um, where is it? I think I just got word recently about a show in Augusta um, in June of next year. So, All right. Yeah. That's yeah. good. So, yeah. I figured you could tell we'll my we'll be making accent. our way. I, I love it. <laughs> That's great. I know you didn't think I was from New York or anywhere. Um, so <laughs> You know your song when when um uh your songs always seem to get such immediate reaction from media from what I've from what I've seen and I was looking at this article if you don't mind reading just a little bit from it from Music Tour News in uh well it was just in August when their single The Heavy and just from you know when I played that just from note one you know this is going to be one of those mm. things that's going to just wrap you up and stay with you and get inside you and stay with you. So it's one of those, I don't mm. know how you do it, girl, but it wraps you up, but then it gets inside you as well. But in uh, Music mm. Tour News, it says, um, talks about how you, your, your, uh, let's see, your genuine and down-to-earth spirit and compassionate heart and lyrics always look to uplift and inspire her listeners. And with her latest offering, the heavy, she looks to do just that. The thoughtful, lyrical approach is paired beautifully with the song's production that allows the listeners to escape and be uplifted with the words representing all those who have struggled and needed a helping hand. Hmm. That's very yeah. kind. Yeah, that's what very did you, kind. When you Thank read you. that, what did you, when you read that um, in Music Tour News? I mean, yeah. I you know, it's, yeah, it's. I mean, it's obviously it's it's humbling and it's also you know very encouraging. I mean, I uh, I appreciate that so much because that means that I've made a true connection, and I think that's you know in my heart that's the thing that you know and and as artists in general, I think we're always chasing after any kind of confirmation that we've made a connection with someone. Um, so for me to hear those words, it means a lot. And it's also reflective of, you know, the guys that played in the studio and the production. And um, I think I've been really blessed to have a team of people around me. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier all the guys in the band, in your band, you know, uh, complimenting you. And, you know, I couldn't do this without the, the people that I have on my team. Um, writing that song uh, with... Mark and Warren Garrett, Mark Addison Chandler and Warren Garrett. We wrote that song over a year and a half ago um, with the idea of writing something that um, could represent the work that I do with nonprofits and charities. And as we talked about helping people and using our gifts to kind of represent organizations, uh, we talked about how 
when we actually connect with the people, whether it be, you know, I work with foster kids through the Scott Foundation or the homeless through St. Vincent de Paul or, you know, where, where, whatever that is, when you go to these events and you're actually meeting people who are struggling or who have struggled or who have been helped by this organization, Mark and Warren and I were talking about how you, you leave those events sometimes and it can just feel so heavy because this is real life. I mean, we may be, you know, on a stage and, you know, there are different aspects to all of this behind the scenes and there's the business side of it. And, but when we're actually, when we're talking about representing these organizations, we're talking about real people's lives. And mm-hmm. that's really where the heavy, that, where that concept first started in that conversation. And we realized, you know, how here we are now in a pandemic. We had no idea what the world was going to look like when we wrote that song. But it doesn't matter whether it's a pandemic or wondering about our next meal or, you know, having a really having a struggle growing up and not having parents or we are all we've all been in the heavy and we all have an, an opportunity to be the light in the heavy and to to uh, lift someone's burden. And it could be with a simple word or it could be on a much grander scale Um but we, I think we all have an opportunity to do that. So having that song ready in time to release at the beginning of all of this that we're in now, um, it was just very timely. So I'm very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the word does not go unnoticed. I hope you all feel it. And it's, I think, too, it's also, I think it's a sign of not only the work uh, put into writing the song and the band put it together, but also people listen to it and the journalists and reviewers hearing it and wanting to make sure that they share that with the world. This. Yeah. Have you listened to this yet? Well, I, I think you want to. I think you want to because yeah. so many times, especially when people get depressed, and this has been a year for people to get depressed and, uh, sometimes. Yeah. We, we, sometimes we think we're the only ones that feel a certain way or maybe we don't want mm-hmm. people to know how we feel think no i'll sound like a i'll sound like i'm whining or something but that's right right <laughs> but you'll be no, surprised. and even yeah. there's a there's even a few uh cartoonists that i follow some women cartoonists on and they post on instagram you know because they make it all cute about you know well these are my morning pajamas my afternoon my zoom pajamas <laughs> yeah. my evening pajamas yeah. or stuff like that uh-huh. <laughs> i relate <laughs> Tell me about Feed the Band. I mean, I know you were mentioning the different charities earlier, but you don't have to do the cooking, oh. do you? No, 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 no. We've done it. I think we did um, a live stream for them out of one of their Santa Fe chapters. Um, so that organization is uh, fairly new uh, as far as to, for my knowledge. Um, but... Uh, I'm telling you, any there's so much good that everyone is doing in the world, and I, I know we hear so much bad news all the time, but there, man, there are people helping out in every corner um, of our communities and the country and around the world. So, uh, for me to be able to join up with any of them is a privilege. Um, well, I'll tell you what, I'm so grateful that you were able to take so much time with me tonight, and I really do appreciate. So, oh, I'll. I'd like I to go out. It. Thank you. <laughs> You're my welcome. I'd like to go out with Take That Shot, but I just want to thank you so much and thank your uh, 
thank Core PR for sending you my way and arranging those for us. And if you want to find uh, Sherry Rowe, well, it's easy, S-H-A-R-I-R-O-W-E. And I've been posting your videos places. And um, if you, for people who listen to the podcast when they're driving or running or whatever, and you can't write things down, you know I will always share the uh, information for or the social media information and so forth for all of my guests on all of my social media, not only Madam Perry Salon, but also on the uh, 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 Jennifer Perry, Jennifer Maudette Perry. So I will be sharing that. And thank you so much, Sherry Rowe. I wish you and your wonderful band much success. And one day we'll all be out playing and having a good time again. That sounds amazing. Thank you so much for having me on the show. God bless you, and I wish you only the best, and uh, have a wonderful rest of your night. Well, thank you, too, and you and please come back soon. She is behind Absolutely. a song that has been climbing the country okay. music charts. And okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, that was great. She's so cool. Um, Sherry Rowe, how fantastic. And I am just thrilled that she came on the show and thrilled to have her here. And so I don't know what else to say except uh, this is Madam Perry saying, everybody be good to yourself, be good to each other. And uh, everybody's got to swim. I think you're wonderful. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.